1: A brand new variant is discovered in Africa. Travel is ba- banned to Africa, as well as the Ghislaine Maxwell trial going on, and also the new Dobbs case that sets an interesting future for Planned Parenthood here on the Conservative Connection.
2: <laughs> I'm so sorry.
0: And Corn Pop was a bad news. <laughs> <20 short. laughs> The Conservative Connection. Come
3: on, man.
1: Today's episode is brought to you today by Foxhole Armor, one of the most trusted names in body armor. Foxhole Armor is an essential defensive tool, and they believe that any law-abiding citizen should be able to have the amazing, purely defensive tool that is body armor. They believe that if you are to have body armor as well, that it should be a quality product. Their armor plates are professionally coated with an industry-grade protective material at over 150 degrees to provide superior impact resistance. Each coated steel plate is able to withstand the roughness of conditions and resist high levels of corrosion and chemical resistance. The coating provides a superior finish that you can trust if you and your family live in an area prone to riots or destruction After the hundredth time, you should probably realize that wooden boards are really not going to do much of anything. Get something out there that actually protects you and your family. There is no reason that you should not have a purely defensive tool for your family. And with the Biden administration and the the ATF now targeting body armor, now is the best time to buy. Head on over to foxholearmor.com or email jeff at foxholearmor.com. I believe he's actually on a trip to Kenosha right now um, just to help out the local community. But don't be a well-dressed organ donor. Go to foxholearmor.com or email jeff at foxholearmor.com. All right, so today we have a very special guest. Uh, this is my friend Cameron. I've known him since fall of 2019. He's a community organizer on the Aurora Campaign for Abortion Free Cities, a project of Students for Life of America. He's also a National Young Americans for Freedom member and an active member of Students for Life of America. He's the president of Students for Life at the College of Lake County, and he's hosted successful events such as the annual abortion panel, which includes public discussion on the pro-life issues. He has actually been on here before. If you go back to our Ask Conservative episode, uh, I was actually on a panel with him, and I have to say, uh, you handled yourself really, really well. So it's great to have you on.
3: It's a pleasure to be on, um, you know, you're very well spoken, and I, I figured that it would only be a matter of time until you got a podcast of your own. And uh, I, I have to say, you're doing a really good job. I appreciate that.
1: You know, I I have to say too that you handled yourself really, really well on on the stage. I felt bad because I felt like I was taking a lot of your like a lot of your time. There's only so much time for that panel. Oh man, poor Shauna. I feel like she just got cheated. We we need to give her another panel because she did so well on the abortion panel.
3: Well. Uh, she, well, you know, we just had our um, ask a pro lifer panel yeah. recently at at CLC, which went well for what it you know what it was. Um, but yeah, that that ask a conservative panel was my first time. Yeah, and I think that I did pretty well. You did really well, pr- pretty well doing it. You know, yeah. it, it's nerve wracking. You know, you think um, being in front of a, being in front of your peers, being in front of people who don't like you, who don't like your ideas, but when you have a bunch of friends it makes everything a whole lot easier so yeah that's great and
1: Uh, One thing I want to say too is like uh, I've been trying to get you on actually for a while, so this is not the first time. But uh, it's it's great to have you on. Like while you're you're here with us, Uh, we're going to talk about like some basic things in the news. But you've also been following the Dobbs case, and uh, Cameron is one of the most uh, well-spoken people I know about the abortion issues. Very passionate on it, and we're both pretty radically pro-life. I'd say. I mean, like we're probably. But again, what is radical? I mean when you're when you're willing to give half a million dollars to illegal aliens, like what what really, what really is radical? Saving babies is radical. Oh, yeah, calling babies uh, human beings is is probably the most like terrible thing you could do, right but we li- we, <laughs> we live in a, sci- a society where men are women, babies aren't people, and there's ninety seven hundred thousand genders.
3: <laughs> well, you know, speaking of all this craziness going on, uh, our one of our favorite leftist outlets. Now, this, I saw a, a on Snapchat recently that scientists have developed a reproducing robot. Oh and yeah, so I saw this. And so they said that robots can reproduce life, but somehow a baby in the womb is dead, or a blob of tissue, or humans cannot recreate another human. You know, it it's interesting how that how that works.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at this, uh, and, and it is really crazy because I think it was Sotomayor, right? Sotomayor was saying that, uh, like she was trying to compare fetuses to corpses. Um, <laughs> saying that if you tickle a corpse's like foot, it'll kick or something that like, or if you hit the knee, it'll kick or something. And, that was something, but basically, what ended up happening is the the arguments were incredibly weak. Um, and I think w- one of the reasons the arguments were weak is because they can't really go with medical privacy anymore. Like they can't they can't mm-hmm. actually uphold medical privacy. And the reason for that is because they don't believe in it because they want everybody to show their shot mandates and everything else. Speaking of of shot mandates, uh, what
3: what do you think of this new
1: Omicron variant?
3: It's just uh, another way to instill fear in people. Uh, there's always going to be another variant, I, yeah. I believe uh, Michael Knowles said that, yeah, um, and they'll just keep coming up with new names, new Greek letters, um, <laughs> skipping G, of course. yeah, um, was it weren't we supposed did we have a gamma
1: variant, or did we not have a gamma variant? We, um, pro- we probably did. You, you know, I, Delta was such a nothing burger that I remember asking a girl I worked with. I was like, um, "Did you get like?" Because she, she got COVID. I said, "Did you get Delta?" She's like, "Is that a new vaccine?" Um, like, not not even joking. Like, she actually thought it was a new vaccine. She she couldn't tell because like De- Delta had no effect on the populace.
3: Uh, all of these names seem to be big nothing burgers. To yeah, be honest. Yeah. Um,
1: do you know what I call this variant? Do tell. The midterm variant, I I think it goes into the origins a little bit better. But you know,
3: that's how this whole thing started. Yeah, (laughs) well, that wasn't a midterm. That was a that was a big uh,
1: presidential election. Which, again, uh, my biggest criticism of Donald Trump, other than uh, warp speed, because it gave these pharmaceutical companies just way too much of a conflict of interest, was uh, going into. He was going to say that we we're going to end the lockdown uh, by Easter, which, again, like it had been going on for months. So it would only make sense to say, hey, it's been like two months. You said two weeks. Let's let's end it by Easter. And if he had actually stuck to that, um, we, he probably would have still been president, I believe. But uh, now we're going into this. And it's funny to compare the differences in presidencies because he was criticized for shutting down travel to China and other countries because of COVID. And mm-hmm. now we're shutting down travel to Africa. And even the Africans who discovered Omicron are like, what are you doing? What, what are you, like, why? It's not, it's not that big of a deal. And they're saying it, and they discovered it. But uh, I guess Joe Biden's defense of that is that uh, he, he, it's not racist because they're not actually black.
3: Well, you know what? <laughs> He's been saying this stuff from the beginning. That yeah. shutting down travel is racist. Yeah. That's what he campaigned on. Yeah. But now that he's president and that he has been president, he's shut down travel from various countries and now the latest South Africa. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, if, if the left didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. But, you know, the shutting down travel and banning Africans is not racist because they're not black. I mean, they didn't vote for him. Right. So that I thought that was the standard.
3: And- <laughs> if,
1: if you don't vote for me, you're not black.
3: And you know, Jen, Jen Psaki, um, she said recently, when questioned uh, about the president's um, the president's statement of shutting down the virus, her response was that the American people need to do more. So it's interesting how for the last, you know, four years, all the blame is on one orange man um, <laughs> with really nice hair. And then as soon as we get a, a new president who the media likes, um, it's it's our fault now. Our fault as people for wanting freedom. Our fault as people for not wanting to put diapers on her face or or anything like that.
1: Yeah, it, it is uh, hilarious. I miss the big guy, man. He was fun. He was a lot more fun than Joe Biden. I mean, this guy he cured my sleep apnea. Let's say it's like <laughs> the only good part of his presidency. But yeah, um, with with this uh, with all these shots about us doing more. Speaking of that, I mean, how can you call these shots effective when we've got like way higher, I think it's like, what, tw- twice as many
3: deaths as under Trump from COVID a- after the vaccines. Yeah. So, just, just in 2021 alone, more we, deaths yeah, than, more... than throughout all of 2020.
1: So obviously their shots aren't working. You know, the the booster, the fifth booster, the seventh booster, the 12th booster, like it's never going to end. It's like subscription healthcare. It's like every every new month it's a new booster.
3: And But you know, none of that is going to matter. The fact that it doesn't work the fact that the media is lying, the fact that the left is using the government, the po- you know, the government gun to force people. None of it's going to matter unless, you know, the people like you and me or the average Joe who hates what's going on, you know, steps up. Like, stop wearing masks to Walmart. Yeah. Uh, stop complying. Like, is- if you keep going, then... When is it gonna end?
1: Well, I was I was saying in my last podcast episode that I did I said well, the mid the in the entire Midwest Illinois is the only state in the entire Midwest that still has um, public mask mandate policies. Did you know that we're yeah. the only one east of the Mississippi or west of the Mississippi? I can't remember. We're the only one in the Midwest.
3: It seems like we're one of the one of the few states in the yeah. union who still is still doing this. And you know, we learned from our friend recently, DC. Yeah, doesn't even have that, and they're very left.
1: Yeah, I know. Like, he, yeah, he came back and he's like, no, they got rid of that. And I'm like, yeah, why do we still have it in Chicago, New York, and California? Mm-hmm. And the reason is people keep on doing it. And and that's pretty much the only reason. But I, let's I,
3: follow the science, right? Yeah,
1: speaking of following the science, uh, let, let's lead into this Dobbs case. So now we're at a point where Roe versus Wade might be overturned. This is a huge deal. It's uh, what we've been fighting for and what our parents have been fighting for and what our grandparents have been mm-hmm. fighting for, for for years. Since uh, 1973. Mm-hmm. And now we're at a point where even leftist news outlets like MSNBC journalists are saying that Roe versus Wade could be overturned as as early as June of next year.
3: Yeah, that, that's a possibility. Yeah, um, It's interesting. In, in the Mississippi... Brief, mm-hmm. um, initially when this law, you know, first was was going to go to the Supreme Court, they said that Roe and Casey, um, didn't need to be overturned. You know, it wasn't essential to the question of this case. The question of this case is whether pre viability um, abortions and and the, um, the criminalization of them is co- constitutional or not. Um, and they thought that the question of Roe, which is privacy. Uh, wasn't really essential to it um but that they added that of course Roe should go um Doe v. Bolton should go um yeah. Planned Parenthood versus Casey should go um so it it's a really pivotal point for the pro life movement it's a pivotal point in America what are we going to do with this this looming precedent um, that's that's you know on on the horizon and like you said it's early as next summer there's going to be a decision. Yeah.
1: And and that's insane. And and what we've seen because Sotomayor and all these judges, they can't bring up the issue of medical privacy anymore because they're trying to push these shot mandates and they're in favor of them. You can't say that we need to uphold Roe because of medical privacy, but mm-hmm. we also need to give your papers to go into a Walmart. The, you, the two cannot co- coexist and one precedent is going to cancel the other one out.
3: Well, you know if one, one thing we've learned is that the left doesn't care if one of their ideas or, or two of their ideas don't you know match together. If if they're not consistent, it doesn't matter.
2: The
1: left doesn't, but legal precedent does. So that's, that's something that we, we have to keep in mind. I know full well that the left is going to contradict themselves, but when it comes to legal precedent, that's a little different. Because now, if you if you rule in favor of a case, even a liberal justice is going to say, "Okay, well, we we have this legal precedent. If I cancel out that legal precedent, you're going to cancel out the legal precedent." Mm-hmm. There's there's only so much that you can do. You can't have two co contradicting coexisting legal precedents at the same time. One is going to be counseled out. That's just logically the way our legal system works. But I agree with you that they are very inconsistent because Mm -hmm. if you were to ask them, to your point, if you were to ask them, uh, if somebody's to ask you that you need uh, medical papers to show that you've been vaccinated or had this uh, emergency use authorization shot thrust upon you and you've taken it, you can't tell them, well, Roe versus Wade established a precedent that you can't demand my medical privacy. The average, even. Ob- pro-abortion person or pro-choice person would say well uh, that's for abortion that's not for medical mm-hmm. privacy <laughs> you know which is funny because it doesn't make sense but even, even the average person will tell you well that's not really for medical privacy it was for the right to an abortion and you mm-hmm. and you pointed out too I think even before we started recording that this is what to, uh, Justice uh, Soule brought up or no not Soul. this is what Justice uh, Thomas Soule Soul did it, is bring basic. it but
3: he's not he's Thomas
1: not old a did bring it up but oh my justice. gosh i'm very tired man You're thinking
3: of clarence thomas i'm just thinking
1: of clarence thomas mm. i mean but thomas old did make the same point so when clarence thomas was questioning people are going to throw me through the ringer for that but <laughs> but um if when when clarence thomas was questioning this uh this person on the stand he did say oh it's just for the right to an abortion he put him in a trap
3: you're right uh he, he i was, was reading, watching it i was yeah. reading the article um he asked, what what exactly are we talking about here? He said, of course, we're talking about abortion, but what rights specifically are you arguing the court should uphold? Is it liberty? Is it autonomy? Is yeah. it privacy? You know, this, that, and the other thing. And it's very interesting um, what the Solicitor General said. It's about the 14th Amendment, ironically, which upholds the right to life that the government cannot take yeah. your life without... Due process, and the solicitor general tried to relate that to abortion with liberty. So, and she made a very interesting um, statement to uh, Justice Kavanaugh. Justice yeah. Kavanaugh's question: She said that the legislature or the states or the Congress cannot take fundamental rights away yeah. because it's not up to them. But what about life? Yeah, I, I just had to chuckle, you know, reading that because. Yeah they they're trying to say oh the liberty to have an abortion but life they're just disregarding that's what the 14th amendment is all about it it's ridiculous
1: well by the way like because many many people who are pro choice will probably say well it's not really a life and we, and we've do- dove into that in the past which I, the two biggest um two biggest points for countering that are like 99.999% of all biologists will all agree that life begins mm-hmm. at conception and even if you even if that's not true what i would lead with um, it, well it is true but what what i'm trying to say is even it's if they, the most you, important point well what i was going to say is even if they think that's not true mm-hmm. to correct myself you have to ask yourself when does life begin And the answer is 99.99% of biologists believes it begins at conception. Therefore, scientifically, the scientific answer is life begins at conception. But you'll notice that, and we've seen this in abortion panels, when you ask somebody, when does life begin? in order for them to even have any kind of a standard, then they have to walk back when availability for abortion should be. Because if you say, well, mm-hmm. life begins at 20 weeks, well, then why do you believe there should be a life at, uh, taken at 30 weeks? Why do you think there should be an ab- abortion taken at this point in the trimester? Why do you think that mm-hmm. it should be taken at eight months or nine months if you believe it it starts at 20 weeks? Um and and they can't answer that.
3: It's riddled with an inconsistency. Yeah, uh, I love to say that leftists talk so passionately, like they know everything, but they really know nothing um, about their, you know, about which they're talking. And that's like the the crux of the matter with the arguments that have been going on, you know, yesterday and today, uh, in the in the Supreme Court. Even CNN's Jeffrey Tubin, uh, their legal at- analyst, I believe, he said that. Isn't that the guy who? Um, it okay, the, so hide
1: your kids if you're the, if you're listening again. This is we're going to be going over some more um, adult subject matter today. We're also going to be talking about the Maxwell case. But Tubin was the guy who um, took out his Tubin and kind of just uh, had a great old time on camera, isn't it? <laughs>
3: on Zoom, yeah, yeah on was, Zoom mm-hmm. in
1: front of uh, other colleagues, um, <laughs> yeah, that he was watching. And but, but
3: he still he still got a job though for some reason. Um, yeah but he said
1: so he, this is the same guy
3: i believe yeah he okay he said uh he tweeted out that if you think or you, you're a proponent of abortion rights that the arguments that happened on wednesday they were a catastrophe they were garbage it was yeah it, it wasn't good
1: they're incredibly weak
3: it's it's very weak you know and, and kavanaugh um thomas Co- coney barrett and, yeah, and coney justice barrett. Thomas, all of them they, they really hammered three different, you know, but essential points to this. Thomas was saying, what right is this? Uh, you know, what are we talking about here? Kavanaugh asked about, um, Kavanaugh asked about the 14th Amendment, I believe, and ACB. She asked yeah. about safe, safe haven laws and mm-hmm. adoption. Uh, yeah. And it was a really interesting point because... What they, what the pro-abortion left and and through the U.S. Solicitor General, was saying, uh, is that they they have a greater, um, a more essential purpose in terminating pregnancies, terminating their right to carry a pregnancy. Um, as, as opposed to parental rights, because uh, Justice Barrett was talking about safe haven laws, and she said, well, don't safe haven laws and, and adoption kind of fix, you know, yeah. fix the fact that you know, a woman doesn't have to go uh, and be a parent, she can give up her yeah. her parental rights. And uh, you know all of the supposed harm that the left likes to say it can be avoided in yeah, that way. Yeah,
1: it's not the only option. And uh, one of the things that we both hate is the fact that when a woman goes in for an abortion, even if she gets the procedure done, there are pro-life facilities where you can get therapy and they can talk to you about that, of and course. they can and they can help you. And um, a, a lot of these women are uh, in stressful situations; they're distraught because they've they've just been through a scarring quite literally sometimes scarring procedure. And uh, we we don't talk about the effects afterwards of problems trying to conceive after an abortion, especially Mm -hmm. considering how late it was taken. But even like people underestimate how much we're in the majority on this because right now there's 26 different states that have trigger laws. That's right. That if um, Roe versus Wade was overturned. And again, what happens if it's overturned? It goes back to the states. Yeah, but that- these but these states mm-hmm. these states have laws that uh, that are these trigger laws that say well if it's overturned basically abortion would be banned in these 26 states and even democrats like tulsi gabbard have put forth pro life legislation that says you can't have an abortion you shouldn't be able to have it after this period of time if you yeah. really believe that life begins at this point cuz again it's always going to come back to when does life begin if you lined up the pro abortion left, nobody would be able to agree on that. Some of them would say uh, the second you leave the birth canal, which Tinkerbell doesn't come over and spray some fairy dust that makes you a person and gives you the right to human autonomy the second you pass through a birth canal. It's not a thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to make a correction on, on something I said a, a minute ago about okay. Justice Kavanaugh. Yeah. Um, it, he wasn't talking about the 14th Amendment, he was talking about um the the rights of the people or the states or the state legislatures or the congress to regulate abortion you know hmm. why isn't that um a good answer and uh, the the US solicitor general said that because the court has found the supreme court has found that there is a right to an abortion you know in the in the penumbras of the the rights and the private you know it's yeah. just a it's a very ambiguous legal Precedent. You,
1: you just gotta spray the Constitution with some lemon juice and just hold it over over mm-hmm. a black light, and then it just magically appears. George Washington and Ben Franklin. This is what they had planned all along since 1778, right?
3: Exactly. And, <laughs> and you know the the fight to the fight to end abortion yeah. is, isn't going to be over. If, no, if, Dob- if the Dobbs case is upheld, mm-hmm. and also. Um, also that row is overturned. Like I yeah. said, it's just going to go back to the states. And so in a state like we're in, Illinois, very pro-abortion, uh, it's arguably the most pro-abortion state in the entire union. Uh, the battles are going to be hard and they're going to you know, take yeah. a long time. But in those 21 states, 26, Twenty six there's 26 states mm-hmm. that have trigger laws. Um, I believe it was 21 that have trigger laws. And there's an additional five, four or five that are going to um, you might be correct on that. That are going to make it a priority to regulate abortion.
1: There's certain or 26 states that are certain mm-hmm. or likely. So right. you're right. Mm-hmm. It's 21 plus five that are likely.
3: Yes, yeah. and so in you know the other 25 states, uh, yeah. the battle is going to be a little tougher, and it's not going to be over. But if um, Dobbs is. Upheld. If the Mississippi 15 week ban is upheld, that's certainly going to be a win because it would destroy the federal government's ability to and the court's ability to uh, stop the people and the state legislatures from making decisions for everybody.
1: And another thing that I, I hate is like because I, be, I don't believe in one size fits all. Uh, positions or, or mandates for the entire nation when it comes to shots, abortions, anything. I believe that it, because I'm more of a libertarian. You should have, you know, I'm a pro-life libertarian. Let's make that clear because I'm not. I'm not with these guys who believe in abortion rights and stuff. It's not your body. It's very clearly you. You, you have two different uh, cell types. You have two different heartbeats. You have two different brains. You have two different organs uh, and body systems, and you like. People always try to say it's my body, but every time an abortion happens, there's a separate corpse that is separated from your body. Mm -hmm. It's not your body. So I lost my train of thought there almost for a second. Well, can I ask you a question? Go ahead.
3: You said that you don't think that a one size fits all like legislation or, you know, a bill or something like that for even like the pro-life side.
1: Not unless it leans on freedom.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, that was going to be my follow-up question, you know, because- I believe, like annually around the time of the March for Life, there's like a Protect Life amendment that yeah. is, that is um, or another pro-life bill that is uh, introduced mm-hmm. in, in the Congress. And uh, if you're upholding the right to life, I think that the federal government has all of the ability, you know, to put that bill forth, pass it, get it signed by the president. Um, yeah. But what's unconstitutional is to sit here and try to argue about which lives matter and which lives don't. Yeah, exactly. We, we've been through that before. Yeah. You know, it doesn't with, really end well. With Plessy the Plessy V. Ferguson yeah. case. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw a painting recently on Students for Life Students for Life of America's Instagram about the ash heap of history yeah. grows on there and the the Plessy V. Ferguson case and um the Dred Scott decision. Yeah. We know what happens when the federal government tries to say that some people are less valuable than others, uh, and it's it's not a good result. No slavery, never. discrimination, uh prejudice or Real we're, we're now
1: even seeing it with vaccinated or unvaccinated exactly. you know it's pretty bad mm-hmm. but we have become so divided on these on these issues that basically the Lev's arguments have now become come full circle and say well we don't really care what happens to you if you can't feed your family if you can't do this if you won't bend the knee and comply mm-hmm. and that's that's something that we need to take into account as well but very, very, a very interesting time, to be sure, where this stuff is happening. We've gone through multiple abortion arguments, and I love mm-hmm. some of the uh, illustrations that Students for Life has. I believe that Students for Life, if I'm not mistaken, was the organization that had all these different backpacks laid out across different schools and colleges. And for every abortion, mm-hmm. it was one backpack that would have been there.
3: Yeah, they've the, done similar things with crosses, yeah. shoes backpacks like you said so
1: yeah and then uh you, you look at uh famous hi- historical figures like uh steve jobs you know it's like steve jobs is the perfect kind of candidate for uh an abortion because his mom was uh alone she was a single mom and uh she didn't know how she was going to raise her kid she ended mm-hmm. up giving him up for adoption can you imagine the world what it w- would have been like without steve jobs With, with yeah without i mean steve we, we wouldn't be doing this podcast
3: and without the <laughs> iphone you know yeah. um not everybody makes uh, as big as an impact, you know, societally or yeah. globally as a Steve Jobs.
1: But um, we'll never know what right. kind of impact they would have had. And that disturbs me.
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's not to say that um, anyone is less valuable. Of course, every human has inherent value and should and their, their rights should be respected uh, under the law. But there are a number of famous individuals, entrepreneurs, inventors, celebrities that were candidates for abortion.
1: Jack Nicholson was yep. another one.
3: Uh, I believe Andre Bocelli. Yeah. Um, as another, and and without their impact, the world would, would look so different. Yeah. Um, uh, but yet that's every single life. Um, sixty-three million of them mm-hmm. since 1973 that hasn't been given a chance.
1: And many of them minorities. Many of them like yep. like how how many black lives have been taken. Um, in in this genocide, year after year, at one point, New York was so bad that it was it was well, what was the statistic? The most dangerous place for a black baby was inside its mother's yeah, womb. Uh,
3: yeah, a black person. Yeah, uh, and you know, in general, is inside the womb because like yeah, inside New York City, the the statistics were that a child had an equal chance of being aborted as being born, or you're greater than you know yeah. of being aborted and. It's interesting that people pretend to care about minority rights. They pretend yeah. to care about equality, but the black population in the United States over the past, what, 40 or 50 years yeah. has remained essentially the same. They're, they were 13% of the population in like the 70s, yeah. and, and they're still around 13% of the population now, and that's yeah. because the abortion industry specifically targets minorities, and, and they have uh, since their found, founder Margaret Sanger I know you love to talk about her Yeah yeah I do. She she made her career on trying to stop minorities from reproducing. She and called them weeds. Weeds, morons, uh, yeah. a- anything that you can think of um but that's that's the goal and th- the goal of the abortion industry has been succeeding black, the back, black population has stayed the same for many years.
1: Yeah. And, and another thing too, is that I, I think it's really scarring these women um, when they walk away, when they have these procedures done and it's hard for them to start a family. again. It's hard for some, for some of them to have kids again, depending on how late it was. And um, my heart really goes out to them because like, they've been such a bad victim of uh, inflation and other things And and it really just is sad to see that like we had the lowest unemployment rate for them in history in American history, last year in the year—or not last year, but 2019—following big gains, yeah, following big gains in e- economics, they were moving mm-hmm. up the societal ladder. They were having more families. They were having uh, more assets. Um, I will say one one thing that does encourage me about the black population, though, is that they are um, getting into things like Bitcoin and they are getting into things like investing surprisingly at a much faster rate than whites and other um, other races. But another thing I wanted to talk about was Republicans fear of not be, not wielding the power that's granted to them when they have a chance to make an impact, and we're going to get that, to that right after our commercial break because unfortunately it is time for our commercial break, and uh, we will be right back. Stay tuned. All right, and we are back. So, so one of the things I wanted to uh, talk to you about is that um, many people and, and many Republicans, and I hear this so much, oh, we can't overturn Roe versus Wade. We're going to lose the midterm election. Oh, yeah. we we can't wield our power that we have to try to make a difference for what we've been trying to accomplish for decades. We might lose popularity. <laughs> do you, I mean, do you think the left ever ever thinks that when they're like, let's cancel the Keystone Pipeline, give illegals half a million dollars each? Does Do, does, do you think that crosses their mind?
3: No, uh, that's why the left wins. Yeah, they're not afraid to cheat. They're not afraid to lie. They're not afraid to steal. Ram their agenda down uh, the pipeline of American politics and the throat of Americans. They're just not afraid to do it. They have the courage to to be tyrants. They have the courage to be unconstitutional. It doesn't matter. But the Republican Party is utterly useless. Yeah, um, I I would I would go so far as to say, what has conservatism concerned, conserved you know yeah really the the Republican Party has moved farther left in the past decade or two just like the uh, the Democrat Party has
1: yeah so. it, but but what I will say though is and I, and I don't endorse stealing or cheating obviously but but I can't admire the left because they have a principle they that principle is marxism but they do uphold it and they do stick to it and they do accomplish their goals why because they're not afraid to wield power Mm -hmm. i have people who tell me well uh we can't do this we can't do this we can't no our, our whole goal is to accomplish certain things that we've been trying to do for decades and years. And you have no idea. It's like nails on a chalkboard to me when somebody says, well, if we overturn Roe, then we might lose the midterms. Let me tell you something. In Texas, they overturned a lot of abortion laws there. Their state laws, they're doing just fine. Mm. They're doing just fine. And let me also say the best time, the best absolute time to overturn Roe versus Wade is right now. Why? Democrat popularity is at an all-time low. Mm-hmm. I don't see any, even from leftist friends of mine. I don't see "I love Joe Biden" posts running across my Facebook. It's you not see there. 1 million, right? Like, yeah, what was 81, that?
3: Eighty-one million, right? Yeah,
1: 80, I don't see those eighty-one million "I love Joe Biden" shirts being worn by people in, in Illinois. And again, we're in a very liberal area. Yeah, uh, we don't see that. You know, people people who had the riding with Biden stickers on their cars are now taking bikes. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it's it, gas, right? Yeah, exactly. So. The best time, the best time for us to ever overturn Roe is right now. Democrat popularity is at an all-time low. Um, these authoritarian mandates that they they will not give up and are going to keep ramming down people's throats have made even liberals sick to their stomachs. We have a unique opportunity right now in history, and if we don't seize it, we're going to lose it.
3: You're exactly right. Um, and, and you know, that's that's why waiting on politicians, it, it doesn't do Anything, any no, good. Man, no. It doesn't do it. You can't say, oh, let's wait until the next election. Let's wait till the midterm. Let's wait till the general election. You, yeah. th- you can't count on winning elections because number one, of course, your candidate, your your party might not win. and And also the candidate might not do what you want. They'll talk out of both ends of their mouth, you know. It, they'll. They'll. They might say that they're pro-life. They might say that they will. They're pro-2A. You know, free speech. Yeah. But they'll buckle under but, the pressure. But
1: what I will say is, um, these political candidates, when they do get into office, if they do want to uphold a good approval rating. They have to follow what the people want to be approved, to be liked. So it makes a big difference when you have a majority of people screaming, both left, both right, anarcho-communists, anarcho-capitalists. They're all there at the pro-life march and saying, we want this to stop. We are the majority. What what I I even a Republican uh, girl said to me not too, too long ago is like, aren't you afraid that like taxis and people are gonna be arrested for taking people to Planned Parenthoods across state lines? Which I was like, okay, that's a leftist talking point, and I can tell because for some reason they keep they you, you know how they repeat these talking points. Mm-hmm. There's always little segments left over that they carry through for about a month, so yeah. you can hear that in crossing state lines. Where did we hear <laughs> Where did we hear that from? They just for some reason yeah, they're, they're, obsessed, they're obsessed. They're obsessed with crossing state lines, even though the written house case is over. Um, which is funny because they don't really care when an illegal alien crosses the border. Right. You know, That's not and a. That's not a huge illegal, concern.
3: Right? Nobody's illegal.
1: <laughs> yeah, unless you actually go to the places that, the, <laughs> like, they're coming from. Country, if yeah. you If you go to Mexico, you know you're an illegal, and they don't. They're like, yeah, you're illegal. You go to Australia, you're te- technically illegal, but Australia has some other problems going on right now that aren't exactly the best. Exactly. But yeah man I I hate I hate when we actually get people in power and they're like oh we can't reduce taxes we can't do this we can't do that what will the people say I'm like well if your policies work the people will be behind you <laughs> you know I mean we had we had a booming economy from all the policies under Donald Trump regardless of what people think of him I support him I know not every republican does but hey, hey you know what it's a lot better than what we have now.
3: <laughs> he changed a lot of minds with yeah. the economy, and because money—that's that's what a lot money of money talks, man. Money talks, and pe- that's what people care about at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a minute, you know, I want to go back to what you said about politicians and everything. Yeah, um, and you know they're useless essentially, and they lie. <sighs> uh, that's why waiting on them is it, it does us no good, um, and that's why the campaign for abortion-free cities is yeah. really essential. Um, if I can make a promo here. Go ahead. Go ahead. So uh, this is a, a very new development in the, in the pro-life movement. Okay. There hasn't been anything like it, uh, it, you know, for a long time. The Campaign for Abortion-Free Cities is a multifaceted grassroots movement where instead of relying on politics or the legislative side of things to shift public opinion or change uh, change abortion laws or, you know, shut down an abortion facility, it's it's – where we're attacking the cultural side of things. I get to knock on doors and talk to people personally. You know, what, what do you, did you know that there is a pregnancy resource center here in your community? Did you know there's a Planned Parenthood? This is what the Planned Parenthood does. And this is what they don't offer. You know, the abortion up to 20 weeks of pregnancy in Aurora, uh, they don't offer free pregnancy, you know, crisis pregnancy care. Yeah. Except for abortion that, you know, if if you, if you can even call it care, um, and people just don't know they yeah, don't know they what don't they know. don't know and it's much more powerful of an impact to be able to talk to people personally and 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 make a change at their doorstep instead of waiting on springfield instead of waiting on the courts instead of waiting on washington politics is downstream from culture yeah and that's that's part of why the left succeeds yeah Is that they establish over time a a more radical culture for XYZ political goal, and then they get it done. And so that's what the pro-life movement has to do is door to door and with a presence outside, a peaceful presence outside of abortion. Yeah,
1: you, you don't want to be uh, yelling at people, insulting them, right. doing anything like that. I'm very much against that. And I know I know for a fact that there's a lot of women who are pro-life who have this stigma that they have seen rallies like that, mm-hmm. and they say, never again will I go to that. So that's, that's not what you need. You can approach people in love. I mean, you you can, can, you, you can, it's possible. You can convince them through actual compassion. You can convince them through, uh, actually telling them what their resources are. We are here to help.
3: Exactly. That's, that's the goal. That's one of the goals is to make sure that women in their, their communities know that, there are people, there are organizations that are willing to give them a helping, compassionate hand. And then when they know that, it makes it easier to change public opinion on abortion. And then over time, guess what? Pro-life laws are going to be more popular, even in a state like this. So cultural yeah. change is needed, and it's certainly possible even in a state like Illinois. Yeah,
1: and, and let's say the, the woman does go in and she does get an abortion, unfortunately, and she comes out. You you guys don't want to be screaming at that person. You want to be saying, hey, can we sit down and talk if you, if you ever need somebody to mm-hmm. talk to? These women have psychological scars. They need therapy often.
3: You're right. I, I've seen the, the women who go into abortion facilities. I've tried to counsel them. Unfortunately, many don't answer, they don't want to talk, which is understandable. It's, it's understandable. Because I mean, that's not a good place to be in, yeah. Um, but when you have the chance to talk to them, you can change their life. And instead of going into the Planned Parenthood or another abortion facility where they're treated as a customer and, and, and basically a cash cow for their bodies, yeah, they're just
1: thrown out on the street once they're done with you,
3: yeah. And then, hey, come back if you're pregnant again, right? Uh, we could we get a chance to give a woman a leg up, yeah, you know. And, and be able to have a job, have a career, have a life and have a child at the same time, which guess what? That's a, that's a sexist thing to say when the (laughs) left is like, no, you have to have an abortion in order to succeed. No. So men, you're saying that women are inferior to men, uh, when, because they need an abortion to succeed, but men don't need an abortion. It's crazy.
1: Well, I never understand this. I I also don't understand this thing. I, I, they'll say what we're you're, you're pro-birth. Do you want to speak to that that talking point for a second? Yes. It gets I, old.
3: I am pro-birth. Yes.
1: Yes, that is pro-life. Yes.
3: <laughs> it's like and okay, you're pro-birth. Doesn't okay, yes, I am pro-birth. Um but of course, their point is to try to say that we only care about one life, which is the baby's life. The mother's life needs to be Um, protected and upheld too. And women don't deserve abortion. Like I said, I've seen the women who go in. Yeah. You know, some of them small and frail. I don't even know how old this one girl I saw was. She was small and, and, and just, she was getting dropped off by an Uber. Okay. (sighs) I've never seen one empowered woman walking into an abortion facility, but that's what they like to say. It's about women's empowerment and, and, uh, shout your abortion. It leaves them broken.
1: Yeah, I mean, like we we've seen leftist campaigns. I saw an ad where this this woman said, "Oh, I wasn't sad." And you can see she's breaking down, crying. Her voice is cracking. Her mm-hmm. face is getting red. Her tears are coming down. This is obviously obviously a scarred woman, and they pr- they prat her out to say, "Oh, get your abortion mm-hmm. so you can be like me." I- it, yeah. it if anything i think it had a a counter effect from what they wanted which is why i don't think you see ads like that as often as you do but they also say things like oh once once the kid is born then you don't care about the kid well you got a pregnancy center that's going to give them diapers milk um e- even some of them up to like two or three years old yeah <laughs> it's
3: like pick a lane andreas with the left because they say they they're trying to say you either don't care about the woman or you don't care about the kid well, what you want the kid aborted so yeah you don't care about the kid. Yeah. The care that a woman and her child will receive long, even long-term from a pregnancy resource center or pregnancy help organization in their communities is life-changing. Yeah. And when we make that, uh, those resources um, not only just available to them, but just so that they're aware, they they know that, um, that they'll have somewhere to go. And we've had at least one baby save in Aurora knocked on the door of, um, some of a a girl who happened to be pregnant. She found out like very recently, um, you know, in relation to when we knocked on the door and she's like, yeah, I didn't know that there's a place that could help me. Yeah. And they, and they want to talk about choices being pro-choice. Women think that abortion is the only choice.
1: Yeah, no, they don't. They don't consider anything. I mean, and and then too, and it's not
3: not their fault.
1: Yeah, and then they want to say things to the effect. And, and Rob was great on this when he was on the panel. Um, and I I believe he brought this up. And they asked a conservative panel where somebody said to him. Uh, well, so you're saying that if we're like in poverty, we shouldn't have sex. And he's like, I'm saying if you're in poverty, I don't think sex is something you should be focused on. I mean, y- you, know, you do have things to prevention like condoms and other things, but you know, again, the condom is only going to work so well when you're drunk, you know, mm-hmm. it's that, but again, if a woman does, so a woman has multiple choices. She has abstinence. Um, she has protection. If protection fails, she has adoption. Mm-hmm. And and she has pregnancy resource center. Yeah. And Safe
3: Haven there's a lot of options. Yeah. But women are lied to and they say that there is only one option, abortion. And if you don't get this abortion, you're not gonna be successful, you're not gonna have a career, you're not gonna be able to finish high school or go to college. Like I I don't know what's empowering about that statement.
1: Well basically they the the left works by fear mongering people into giving up their freedom, their money or their lives. And mm-hmm. we see that happen with abortion. You are fear-mongered into believing that if you do not have this abortion, if you do not give us your money so that we can take your child, that there is going to be no way for you to have a future. And that's not true.
3: Exactly. And if I could talk um, just Go for, ahead. just for one minute about- You stuff. are my guest. <laughs> right. Uh, I, talking about time, I don't know if we have any constraints, but- um, We got 15 our, minutes. We got 15 minutes. At our- ask a pro-lifer panel that we had just a month ago. Um, There was a faculty member, I believe who asked a question uh, from the audience and she asked, what about rape? And you know, when, when someone asks a question like that, especially if it's a woman, you have to, you know, approach it carefully. Uh, You don't want to be rash and, and hurt somebody. And she eventually broke down and she was crying in front of us she was crying in front of the the audience other audience members and she's like i had been raped yeah. and i had to get an abortion and of course you know if you want to approach this honestly like public policy rape and incest are less than one percent of all abortions so yeah. um you know that's not really a good point to try you know to prove that uh, abortion should remain legal um, or at least, you know, not unheavily regulated. Um, But aside from that, this is why I say women don't deserve abortion. Yeah. And I said multiple times at that panel, I said, did that look, she didn't look like an empowered woman. I've never seen one empowered woman get an abortion, walk into the, walk into a Planned Parenthood. And she proved that.
2: Yeah.
3: People got to see on, in, in front of everyone that she had an abortion she had been raped by her own admission and she is hurting from it yeah and and if a woman is um provoked you know like like that uh from a discussion enough to cry in front of an audience uh you know that there's still some pain there from her decision there's still some pain f- from, from the what
1: experience yeah and uh I'll let I'll let you go on about this because I was asked a similar question on the Ask a mm-hmm. Conservative and I had a long time to respond. And I yeah. I, I think yeah. I gave a pretty decent answer. Um, but another thing that um, – unless you want you, – I'll let you finish your point first before I add on to it.
3: Well, you know, basically the point is that women don't deserve abortion. They deserve a helping hand. They deserve compassionate resources. And, uh, I, I mean, I've just – I haven't, uh, before the semester, I haven't had much opportunity um, to talk to women uh, who have had abortions. She was an, the second woman yeah. who I talked to who had had abortions. The first had two. And both of them had strong emotional reactions, whether anger or sadness, mm-hmm. um, you know, to what I had to say and to the pro-life position. And it's because they they know that what, what they did, um, or at least what was probably forced or coerced on them. Yeah. Uh, it's not a good decision and that women don't deserve it. They deserve counseling and health care. And, and help because, yeah, help. because again- it's Charity, uh, by we, the way, not not from the government
1: gun, but from charity. The helping hand for the left ends the second they take your money. That's mm-hmm. it. You, you run out of money, that's it. That you get your abortion, you're done. But one of the things I also wanted to add on to that is the fact that there's been instances where Planned Parenthood actually enables rape, and we've seen do. this, where what ends up happening is a father or uh, somebody else, a brother or something, ends up uh, raping a, uh, their sister or somebody else. They take them into Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood doesn't ask any questions. They don't report it to the police. And that they keep going back for three, four, five, six, seven, sometimes abortions.
3: Yes, they aid and abet sex trafficking and if any of the listeners you know want to see this stuff go on liveaction.org um they they do really good investigative journaling, uh, journalism yeah or us uh, the center for medical progress they expose planned parenthood's uh fetal, fetal body parts trafficking yeah again um, if it's not a person reasons. why are you
1: harvesting organs from it
3: that's uh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. what um dr carson said yeah right? that
1: was dr ben carson um
3: yeah. so they, they um, among the many unethical things that they do. Um, they, they also aid and abet sex trafficking.
1: Yeah. Speaking of aiding and abetting sex trafficking, and this is going to be our last segment, we're going to go into the Gislaine Maxwell case. We've got like well, I think twelve, thirteen minutes to uh, mm-hmm. left in the podcast, so uh, we're gonna Ooh. we're gonna cover that. So you've actually been following this case a little bit more than I have, um, if if I'm not mistaken. But I, I have been seeing certain things. I know that um, the defense came out. By the way, I just thought it was. Kind of This is this is just coincidence, maybe that like all these CEOs stepped down the first day of the Maxwell trial. But if you look at the long list like, like, of everything um, they had, Dorsey, you that was uh, kind of scary um, to do it on that day. I mean, like I, I don't know who your PR guy is, Jack. But if you don't have anything to do with that and you're stepping down that day, you need to fire him. Um, it's not a good
3: look. A lot of rich and powerful people, uh, yeah. are possibly implicated. Yeah, in in this trial,
1: Disney, Miramax. I mean, we also had the Weinstein thing, um, but yeah, just going over all these different celebrity names and everything else who was on Epstein's island. And um, again, you know, you, you got to look at who was actually on the island. I know Bill Clinton was like flew like twenty different times to this island. And then you had uh, other people flying from uh, New York to Mar a Lago and other things. You know, Trump banned uh, Epstein from Mar a Lago once you figured out what had happened um, what yeah. he, with his connections.
3: Yeah, Epstein's personal pilot testified for the state uh, the other day. Yeah. And one of the things I found interesting was that in his test, when he was testifying, he said that he never witnessed any um sexual abuse mm-hmm. uh, or activity on the plane on the plane yeah yeah um and and he also it was interesting why the state called him to be a witness because it seemed like like his testimony was kind of conflicting like
1: how conflicting like conflicting in what way so like
3: i said no he did, he said that he did not witness any sexual activity on the plane no sexual objects you know condoms or anything like that um he also said that when he met um the victim in this in this trial she goes by the pseudonym of jane yes uh he said that she looked like a mature woman um but her testimony was that she met epstein when she was 14 13 or 14 yeah and that,
1: um, that was another thing i was curious about i'm like how do you fly um as a personal pilot for this person for decades and not have any idea what what you're getting into or have anything implicating to say about the person
3: yeah that's that's the strange thing i'll
1: give him the benefit of the doubt i'm just saying i think it's odd
3: you know it's it's not it's not um unthinkable mm-hmm. that you know epstein saved his um evil acts yeah for, for his island you know maybe he just wanted to fly for pleasure and and that's what he used his his flights um for you know, have a pleasant conversation with Bill Clinton uh, and Alan Or, Dershowitz or some other before. business yeah.
1: guy or something.
3: But it, it was just interesting. Yeah. Um, that his testimony was interesting, and it did seem to conflict with uh, uh, Jane's testimony and also her um, ex-boyfriend, who, who went by the pseudonym of Matt. Yeah. Um, they They both testified that, yeah, there was sexual abuse. You know, rape, sexual acts. Um, not not a lot of good stuff going on. And Ghislaine yeah. Maxwell was the person who would like you know curry the yeah. young girls. Um, to to be involved with Jeffrey Epstein.
1: Yeah, and uh, who knows how many of these girls ended up getting pregnant and going to a Planned Parenthood. You know. Who knows about that? But he, he
3: could pay for that stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we we don't know. We we won't. We won't uh, that's just uh, speculation. That's just me thinking. Um, obviously, I don't know. Yeah,
3: you, you, you never know.
1: I don't know what happened. Um, but even even going further into this, it's very important whenever you listen to a trial to take notes because I remember when the Kavanaugh mm-hmm. thing happened. I remember, um, the, um and. We had Christine Blasey Ford. That was her name. coming up to the stand. Doctor, right? Do- doctor, yes. <laughs> doctor Christine Blasey Ford. And um, I was like, oh, this one's lying. And they're like, oh, you're saying that because uh, you're like red or you're conservative or you're liberty. I'm like, no, I'm saying that because she says she couldn't fly out because she was she had a fear of flying. Now, all of a sudden, she's an oceanographer with more flying miles than the Rolling Stones. And then on top of that, she's saying like I couldn't uh, I couldn't be with anybody or have anybody live near me, so I was a recluse because of the abuse. And yeah. somebody's like, you had a tenant living in your living room who got yeah, who got did. you Dr. Mm-hmm. Peppers and stuff. Like, what are you talking about? You know, so. Again, it's very important to find conflicting information. Obviously, this is you know, this is a very uh serious case. I can't really make light of this case, but I, I can make fun of Ford because she was just kind of ridiculous. I mean, you know. Yeah, but
3: yeah, it, it is a serious case. Yeah. Because we already know that Jeffrey Epstein's been convicted yeah. once already of pedophilia.
1: Yeah, and then uh Ghislaine, or jelaine Gillane, I, I believe. Is that how you okay? Yeah. Ghislaine Maxwell. It's a, it's a
3: weird British name. Yeah.
1: So Ghislaine... So the Jane in this case was saying not only did she ate in a bed, she fondled uh, Jane, and she actually participated in these sex events
3: together. Yeah. with Yeah. Epstein.
1: Yeah. And then um, I, I will say um, the prosecute the uh, defense for just uh, Ghislaine Maxwell is actually uh,
3: I think it's Ghislaine. Ghislaine.
1: The defense. The name. The defense for Maxwell is actually brought up a good question and you can tell she's actually got a good defense because the defense went over and said okay uh Jane you've mentioned Epstein multiple times in in your time frame of of years and years on end you've mentioned Epstein's name but you never mentioned Maxwell and and Jane says well no I don't know I don't think so and then he said why did you never mention uh Ghislaine Maxwell and and she's like I don't know so you can tell they're they're preying on um the subjects and the, the victims like memory. Yeah. Um, and they're going to make that a huge issue of this case. I will say effective defense It's not a defensive, G- G- uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, but I got to say that it, that is an effective defense, uh, much more so yeah. than the Mr. Binger dude that pointing a gun at the yeah. audience. I, I think I, yeah. that's one way to convince your, your jury.
3: Yeah. Uh, the, the prosecution, um, or excuse me, the defense yeah. was doing, uh, a pretty vigorous job yeah. of cross examination, and um, they were at it for a while, and they questioned her motives mm-hmm. um, for for testifying. They're going
1: to say she's financially motivated, yeah, fi-
3: financially motivated, and and also, you know, because she got a five million dollar reward beca- from like a previous settlement with mm-hmm. Epstein, right, and stuff like that. Um, and they also said that she might have like accused her sort of act, um, acting on the stand because she had a brief acting career. And you know what's uh, interesting? Um, the left loves to talk about victim shaming and, and the the defense um, asked her about her acting career as a prostitute in a soap opera, as if she was deserving of the abuse. Yeah. Like right, she right after she got person. trafficked. Yeah. I, I, okay. That seems like a pretty douchey move. Um, you know, lawyers are grubby anyway, but Yeah. That that goes against what the left, you know, what they pr- pretend to advocate for.
1: Well, I mean, the the left Basically, will promote you promote you as a victim until they can't use you. I exactly. mean, this is this is what happens with the left. And and again, yeah, it's like women who are trafficked. They tend to go into industries like the porn industry. They mm-hmm. tend to go into uh, soap opera acting, soft porn, things like that. They they tend to do that. And it's a, sometimes it's a way of coping with their defense. Sometimes they're actually um, being pimped out, and they they don't have a choice. But uh, we're, we're seeing a very uh, disturbing connection between all these major companies in this case you're, uh, you're well, exactly you look right. at the you look at the customer list on on who they're implicating.
3: I, I believe that Epstein had a little black book if I'm not mistaken. have you, you've heard of that right?
1: I, I believe so
3: you know like you, you said, Disney, like Disney, ABC, ABC um, all these people, you Disney know, Disney owns, ABC. that's how this all started. Like, you know, we were talking about the other day, um, about the Amy Robach. Yeah. Story. You yeah. know, she had all, she had all this stuff lined up and because of, yeah. of this case, um, project Veritas re-released the yeah. video of, of the hot mic. And she's like, Amy Robach said, I had implications and evidence for Prince Clinton. Andrew. Yeah. Clinton, Andrew, um, execs, you know, from Disney and ABC, and they quashed that. Stuff. ABC quashed that story. Yeah, and they're like, no, no, we, you need to, you know, keep working, keep working on it. The evidence is shaky. They didn't want that story getting out. No, that's how dangerous the media is. They will control the information that you hear.
1: This case should be being broadcast into everybody's home right now. It should be bigger than the O.J. Simpson case. It should be bigger than the Kyle Rittenhouse case. It should be bigger than uh, any kid, Watergate. Like, we should know who these people are that Mm -hmm. have a connection to these people. And the fact that they're not broadcasting it it sends up a whole bunch of red flags in itself.
3: You want to know another interesting detail? The judge. Or, or excuse me i i believe the defense attorney is james comey's daughter
1: yes yes i i was reading about this and i i even took note of this but yeah what's her what's her name again uh jamie's james comey's daughter what's her name it's uh i, I forget what her name is
3: i'm sorry i i don't remember but yeah i moment. i
1: couldn't believe that um she had that connection to comey and also i believe the the judge is also an Obama Obama appointee if I'm if I'm not mistaken as yeah, well. Yeah, there is,
3: there is some weird connection with the judge too um, that we can you can yeah, certainly verify. There was an there was but. an
1: Obama appointee. Um, so you have Jelaine Maxwell on trial for sex trafficking with Jeffrey Epstein, and media are, are, are a lot of them are being banned from the courtroom. Um, there's no live stream because it's too sensational. Um, quote unquote. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. that was what
3: the judge ruled. Right? The,
1: so the yeah, the judge is an Obama appointee who was just promoted by Biden, mm-hmm. and the prosecutor is James Comey's daughter. Just a oh, little. She's the prosecutor. She's, she's the prosecutor. The prosecutor. Okay. Yeah. Just Not a little fishy. Good. A little fishy, to say the least. But um, I'm very frustrated that we're having such limited. Um, Access. A- access to this information. And that's why it's so hard to do this this info. But yeah, you ha- you've got girls who are being trafficked at 14, 13 years old. Globally. Globally.
3: Globally, so many rich and powerful people implicated, but they're shutting down access to evidence. They're shutting down access to the courtroom. But hey, if there's a 17, 18 year old kid who uh, wants to defend his life from three people who want to kill him. Yeah we're going to label him as a racist we're going to label him as a murderer it's white supremacy and, and if and he got off you know scot free like he deserved because it was self defense
1: well yeah i you mean know? even the even the jury was like 10 to in favor of him from the very get go we all knew this kid was innocent but they were trying to throw him in, away in life or prison and they had to broadcast it in everyone's homes and i believe the reason they had to do that is because you had the AR15 the gun mm-hmm. they always yep. go after uh, being successfully used By somebody who is 17 years old Mm -hmm. um, to defend himself, showing that, hey, you should be able to do this. You should be able to defend yourself. And again, he was never the initial aggressor. He was always – people say, oh, oh, he crossed state lines. No, he went to work. (laughs) He went to work and he stayed in the area. He he took a little bit longer to drive back, and then people said, "Hey, can you help us out?" That's not crossing state lines to go meet somebody. And again, I don't think you should ever go looking for trouble. No, it, but he didn't. That's he was, what I'm saying.
3: There to help from from the beginning, and but this just goes to show how dangerous the media is. Yeah, you know they 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 wanted to say Trump was a fascist for saying the media is the enemy of the people. Free speech isn't the enemy of the people. No. If you want to say all of the stupid, ridiculous, lying, slander, libelous things, you know, you say them, but you're going to suffer the consequences. And, and the media does that. The media yeah. lies and they slant things at the very least. And yeah. you, can't, you can't trust them. They're, they're part of this um, connection with sh- shutting down access to the Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine yeah. Maxwell trial and, the, and all of the, the, the sex trafficking. Yeah. ABC didn't want the story getting out because their executives are implicated.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I remember reading about the Weinstein case and I remember the story of Weinstein basically beat up a reporter in broad daylight. Nobody did anything. But right now with all the slander going on, like guys, this this is the time to actually make a difference. When people get slandered, if everybody stood up like Project Veritas and sued them, and Project Veritas has always won every single time they try yeah. to say that they had a case where, like, oh, uh, they lied, they did this. He's like, no, these are our facts. These are the, like they've never been proven to show any false information ever there's in li- any be- legal case. I
3: believe there's litigation going on currently between them and the New York Times for um, libel. Yeah, uh, and and you know to talk about them for a moment. Twitter, I don't know if you know this, they recently changed their guidelines, their um, user agreement. Yeah. And no longer are you allowed to post someone's private information or something without their consent. And this is a direct attack on Project Veritas yeah. and investigative journalism at large. They don't want any of their corruption getting exposed. They don't want any of the lies getting exposed. They want all the information that you see and hear to be man- manufactured. It's not going to be anything they don't want you to hear. And Jack Dorsey, who resigned, you know, they and all of the big yeah. tech executives, they try to pre- pretend that it's about free speech and you know we're an open platform. They're they're part of concealing the truth and manufacturing the narrative.
1: I mean, Dorsey might have been the devil we knew. I mean, considering who this new guy is taking over, I mean, he sounds just terrible. He's, he's
3: just as he's just as left, if not more. I I and, think he's and more more corrupt and ridiculous yeah
1: i mean like I, we're, we're gonna miss hipster rasputin just a little bit as <laughs> Ma- michael knowles called him but yeah man we're we're in the middle of a propaganda war but i'm i'm grateful to have you on i'm grateful to have you on my side
3: well you know i am grateful to to be a part of this and to know that there's someone out there who will publish material that <laughs> you know the, the, the big tech execs don't like um and i think like like james o'keefe said they can't ban us all no if you flood Twitter. Yeah. With all the stuff they don't like, they 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 might ban a few, but they can't ban all of us, and that's the important thing. Yeah, when the people are united, the left, the the tyrants, big tech, what, whatever you you know. Yeah. The, whatever the evil people are, whoever they are, uh, yeah. they can't stop all of us.
1: I mean, if we, it, and, and again, the best way is to just call out the hypocrisy, call out the things that you see mm-hmm. being contradictive. I mean, like, what, look at United Airlines. Like, we just had this Omicron variant or the midterm variant, as I call it, yep. come out. What does United Airlines say? We're not banning any of our travel to Africa. Not because we don't agree with the president, but so because they're actually resisting the yeah, federal government. There was, okay. They're resisting the wow. federal government, but. Biden is buddy buddy with United Airlines. Hmm. So it's not like they don't know, it's just they don't want to lose their profits from driving to flying down to the Africa. So that the, but they're the first people to endorse all these mask mandates and vaccines and everything mm. else. They're still going to Africa. You know why? Cuz they don't believe it.
3: No, N- nobody, and they, nobody nobody believes does. this at the, well. Yeah.
1: I wouldn't say nobody.
3: but Well, there are a few sheep, but the people at the top, they know what they're doing.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and again, it, it's very easy to see that like so many deaths have happened this year after the vaccines came, came out. I mean, we're just going to keep going and going and going and going and going. And, and um, it's it's never going to end until you guys make it end.
3: If, if everybody was uh, a podcast host like you, if everybody was a door knocker, if everybody would be, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Well, that's true. But, Nobody uh, would have to be, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's my point. If everyone stood up for what's right and for freedom and for life, then we would be in a good place. Um, but until then, you know, we've got to keep working on it.
1: And I'm here to work. Anyway, uh, Cameron Johnson, thanks for being on my podcast. I uh, appreciate you. And thanks, uh, for, thanks for letting me on. Yeah, well, we'll have to have you back sometime if we, we have time, but thank you so much. And that concludes our broadcast day. Thank you everybody for tuning in. And as always, stay connected. <laughs> <No>
0: longer, <everybody. laughs> I'm so sorry. And corn pop was a bad food. <laughs> <laughs> Conservative connection. Come on, man.